we go. Hey, awesome. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. I haven't seen you all since last year. Jimmy already made the joke first. He beat me to it, but I couldn't. I could not. Good morning. How are we doing? We got to sleep in a little bit today, didn't we? That's kind of nice, huh? That's awesome. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, for those of you who are visiting for the first time or watching us for the first time, uh, my name is Franklin Carr. I'm the student minister here at FBC Elgin. You gotta do the, I can't not do the intro. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really pumped to deliver the first sermon of the year uh, to y'all. I will say, I'm actually a little nervous. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the first one of the year or what. Um, but man, anytime you're sharing the word of the Lord, it's always a little, a little nervy. So uh, just getting that out there right now. But real quick, before I actually open this up in prayer, I want to just kind of read the blanket statement of uh, this entire message today. So uh, if you would like to, you can look on the screen or turn with me to James 4, right? I'm going to open up just kind of the main theme of what I'm talking about today. I'm shaking it up, right? We're reading first. So here we go. Matthew, I mean, James 4, verses 13 through 17. So this is James, brother of Jesus. He's writing his letter to the church. He says this, come now, you say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? Are you a mist that appears and then for a little time vanishes? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And as this, you boast in your arrogance. Nice. All such boasting is evil for whoever knows the right thing to do. If you also do it, for him it is sin. Happy New Year. Uh, so that's, that is the summary of what we're talking about. But let me open this up in prayer. I just scared all the visitors away. Don't worry. It's not going to be that, that rough. All right. So let's pray real quick. And there could be an old QR code for the online slides here. Uh, I accidentally forgot to make a QR code slide. So if it looks a little Christmassy, that's why. Don't worry. Uh, so if you want to do that, I'm going to open us up, us up in prayer. And then, uh, yeah, let's get the ball rolling. Uh, dear Lord, golly, first off, we love you. We love you. We, we thank you for uh, a new year, right? A new, a new opportunity to kind of start over. Maybe 2022 was rough. Maybe it was great. But God, regardless, we want you holding our hand as we go into this new year. We don't want to be doing anything on our own. And God, speaking of that, I pray that you would get me out of the way as, as we're talking this morning about what it looks like to approach the new year with you. And so, God, again, would you take control of this moment? Would you use me, right? Get Franklin out of the way so that you can do the work. God, I pray for everyone here. I pray that we would get something from the word this morning as we go into 2023. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for this time. It's in your name I pray these things. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, it is the new year, and I know I opened up with James 4, and you're like, golly, what is he talking about today? Well, I'm talking a little bit about how we like to set these new things. In fact, uh, John already brought it up, uh, New Year's resolutions, right? Or maybe you've heard the phrase, uh, New Year, New Me, right? This is a very common thing where we like to begin the year kind of having a sense of control, and maybe that's the result of, of maybe the previous year being a little rough. Maybe it's just a sense of like, we just want a new haircut, right? We want a new haircut. We want to eat more, you know, fruits and vegetables instead of, you know, donuts and burgers, right? I probably need to do that. I'm not going to lie, right? I'm a, I'm a dad now. Um, 
And we, we approach the new year wanting to have this sense of control. We have these little goals we set for ourselves called these resolutions. Uh, but did you know that statistically, every, every about four months or so, the, the likelihood of people maintaining their New Year's resolutions, their goals that they've set for themselves, actually deteriorates by 20%. And commonly, by the end of the year, only about 8% of people have actually attained their goals. Right? And this is a kind of a silly example, but it, there's a bigger picture to this because when it comes to us setting goals, when it comes to us looking at our lives, looking at what we want for the year, usually we like to start with the things that we can control. We want to start with the things that we want, the things that we can achieve on our own, right? And, and I'll be entirely honest, I think there's a reason that they fail most of the time. Some of you, maybe you did build that new doghouse, right? Maybe you did actually get that new haircut, right? And that's awesome. Maybe you did actually work your way up to, to, to buy a, a, I don't know, a, a fancy little house. I don't know. I don't know what your goal is. But right now, what we're talking about today, when it comes to setting goals, when it comes to talking about a new year, wanting that sense of control, looking ahead and seeing what are the things I can control, what are the things I want for this year, what are the things that I want for my life, we're looking at how important it is actually to keep God in the center. Because when he's not in the center, they fail. That's actually the first point I want to make right now is when God is outside of the process, we lack proper vision. That's, that's the first step right there. When God is outside of the process, when God is outside of our goals, when God is outside of anything that we do, we lack the proper vision of what's ahead. Proverbs 29:18. Uh, this is, uh, I'm kicking it old school, KJV version, right? But uh, where there's no vision, the people perish, right? Now, you can have a vision for the new year. That's fantastic. In fact, that's wonderful. You're meant to set goals for yourself. However, if God is outside of that, it's not going to stand. Does that make sense? And, and I think sometimes we tell ourselves that that makes sense. We tell ourselves that we understand that. But in reality, we do so many things. And we plan ahead. And we get so anxious about these things that we can't control, myself included, right? Where it's like, I really want this to happen this year. Oh, this is falling apart, and I'm freaking out. Why? Because I'm not saturating this thing in prayer, right? And, and I'll get into that. But we, we, we look at the things that we want in life. We look at the things that we want this year. Maybe you've already done it. Sometimes I sit down. I haven't done it yet. I usually do this, though. I sit down, and I write a list of things that I want to see happen in the new year. Now, usually I'm praying through them, and then we'll get to that soon. But, but usually, I don't know, you may have a whole list of things that you want to achieve this year or things you want to change this year, things that you want to be able to control this year, but you're never going to achieve them if it goes counter to the vision that God has for your life. We're called not to lean on our own understanding, but we're called to acknowledge him in all things. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 tells us that. In all of our ways, acknowledge him, and then he'll make your path straight. It is possible to operate on a will counter to what God wants, even if you think you're doing what he's called you to do. But if you feel like he's tugging you a certain direction, you're like, but God, I want to go this way. You're calling me that way. I'm still going to do this. What happened to Jonah? He got swallowed up and got spat back that way, right? God's going to find a way to do that, and it's, which is beautiful. But we have to keep God in the process. You can't just say, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and then kind of slap God on top of it. That's not how that works. You have to be approaching everything you do in prayer with him. 
When God is not made Lord of our lives, we carry the will that's counter to him. I already said it, but this doesn't mean not to take action. Again, we're human beings. We're called to set goals. God has given us purpose. God has given us talents. God has given us things that, that we love to do. He's given us families to take care of. He's given us friends to take care of. He's given us all of these people in our lives, all these things in our lives, jobs to, to work at, right? Just because, God is, just because God is sovereign and you're trying to maintain his sovereignty in your life doesn't mean don't do anything, right? And sometimes I think we get in our heads, we're like, well, God's in control. If I'm surrendering complete control to God, that means I just have to let go and watch him do it and I'll sit down on the couch and drink my lemonade, right? But that is not how it operates. We work with God, right? Deuteronomy 6.5, you're supposed to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, right? There's action taking place, and in those actions, right, 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, whatever you're doing, do it all for the glory of God, right? Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Are we tracking here? We got it, right? So act, but not without saturating your decision-making with the power of prayer and the wisdom and the spirit of God. And I think the big question we often have to ask yourself, right, when it comes to doing things, when it comes to setting goals, when it comes to looking at your life and saying, hey, what do, what do I want to do? What do I feel like God is calling me to do? Right? And that's actually the big question. What are the things that God has called me to do? And how am I stepping into those things? And when you ask yourself that question, you will have clarity, right? And that actually provides this sense of peace and of hope. Why? Because your hope is in God. That's the second point, right? Where you place your hope matters. So where are you placing your hope? As you're looking to the new year, whatever it holds, whether you have a good attitude going into it or a bad attitude going into it, where are you placing your hope? Are you placing it in some sort of random job promotion? Are you placing it in the sense that, you know, you want to you build a home gym and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, like, what are you placing your hope in? Are you placing your hope in all these, these things? That, where are you putting your hope in God, right? Because the placement of your hope is directly related to witnessing the Spirit's fruit in your life. Does that make sense? The placement of your hope is directly related to seeing, to witnessing the Spirit's fruit in your life. So if my hope is in the Lord... Right? Even in the roughest times, I could go through the ringer. But if my hope's in the Lord, I can actually have a visual of what he's doing. But when my hope is in other things, I'm despairing. Right? And Proverbs 13 tells us that hope deferred actually makes our heart sick. So if your hope isn't in the right place, naturally you're going to despair. Naturally you're going to be miserable, whatever you're doing. Why? Because when you fail, when life gets interrupted, and life will get interrupted, right? That's, I think that's a big point that James is driving. Is like, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I can say I'm driving all the way to Taylor to pick up some, you know, fajitas at Mas Fajitas, right? Really good, by the way. Um, I can say I'm doing that, but I don't know what tomorrow holds. I could, I could get called up into some sort of emergency. I could, I could have random family members come visit me, which actually my parents are here today. Um... I don't know what tomorrow holds. I can make so many plans. I can make so many plans for this year, for this month, right? And what's going to happen is life is going to happen. And we have these big goals and dreams and we make them so much bigger than reality. And, and we, then we, we question God, why is this happening when I wanted this to happen, right? What are you placing your hope in? What are you making Lord of your life, right? 
We're meant to trust God. Trust God, not yourself. You, again, where you place your hope matters. So if you're trusting God with the process, if you are going day by day by day by day, right, saying, Lord, everything I am is yours. Everything I do is yours, right? Then you can handle whatever throws your, comes your way. Now, it's going to stink, right? Jesus straight up told the disciples, life is going to be hard. Life with me is going to be difficult, right? Because we're living in a world that's taken over by the enemy. C.S. Lewis says we're living in enemy territory. And this world is broken and dark, and you're going to have trouble. People who don't know Jesus have enough trouble. But the people who do have Jesus tend to have a little bit more when you take a look at it. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to discourage you, but I'm saying that's the reality. So life is going to get interrupted, but we're meant to trust God. Where is your hope when life gets hairy? We're meant to trust God, not ourselves. Our hope can only be found in him, because like I said, if it's anywhere else, it's going to be shaky. You're going to despair, right? I think one of the greatest examples of this is Matthew 28, right? When Peter, sorry, 14, 28 through 31, when the apostle Peter sees Jesus out on the boat, and he says to him, he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out onto the water. And so Jesus is like, come on, bro, right? And, and so he goes out, and, and Peter, he's got his eyes on Jesus. He's looking at Jesus. He's doing great, right? But then the wind picks up, and the waves get crazy, right? And, and what does Peter do? He begins to sink, right? He begins to struggle because he's looking at all these things that can hurt him, right? And I love it because Jesus doesn't deny the reality of those things being there. He knows they're there. He just wants Peter to keep his eyes on him. But then what happens? Peter starts to sink. He says, Lord, save me. He's like, I got you, right? And then he says at the end, he says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt, right? And it's just the reminder that our hope is in Jesus. It's not in ourselves, right? Because we can be sinking. And we will have moments of sinking. This year, 2023, is going to bring moments of sinking. I know that's not the message you probably wanted to hear, right? But it's reality. You're going to have moments this year that aren't awesome. But you're also going to have moments this year where you really see God do some cool stuff. But in the moments when life starts falling apart, in the moments that are stressful, where are you looking? Right? Because you can fall, you can despair, but what did Peter do? He didn't drown. He had a moment of, of doubt right? I think that's something that, that I want to encourage you right now. This isn't in my notes. This is just the Holy Spirit talking right now. I want to encourage you. All of us doubt. Can I just be honest? Can I be real? We all have moments of doubt. It doesn't matter how close you are to the Lord. It doesn't matter how long you've, you've known Him or, or, or read Scripture or whatever. We are human beings. We are imperfect human beings, Right? And we all doubt. We all have moments of, can God pull me through this? And the reality is, he can. But you got to let him, right? You got to let him, all right? I love you guys enough to tell you, that's the reality. You'll have moments where you doubt. But even in those moments, guess what? Jesus is still reaching out for you to pull you out of the water, all right? Woo, let's go. Okay. So again, as 2023 approaches, don't panic at the sight of the waves and the wind, right? Keep looking at Jesus. And when it gets hard to look at Jesus, don't beat yourself up, right? Jesus, when he asked Peter this, he's not grilling him. 
He's not grilling him. I think, I, I, I love it because while Jesus, yes, he desires for us to have super strong faith, obviously, like, yeah. Like, like if, if, I were, if I were the God of the universe in the flesh and I were hanging out with all my little humans that I made, right? Of course, I would want them to believe I can do what I say I'm going to do. And so imagine how much it hurts his feelings a little bit when we don't believe he can do what he says he's going to do, right? And so looking at that, right, I look at Jesus asking Peter this question, and, and I almost think of Peter just kind of pondering it a bit. Like, why did I freak out? Like, I've got God right in front of me, right here. Why am I freaking out? David asked this question in the Psalms. Oh, soul, why are you downcast? Like, what's going on? Why am I just, just despairing? And I think it's important for us to address those questions in those moments of doubt, in those moments of despair, in those moments of sorrow where we can't see Jesus, where we can't see what he's doing. We need to actually ask ourselves, why? Why am I freaking out? Right? And you will always find the answer to be, it's because I'm grasping for control on my own, which is not realistic. It's not realistic. Human beings cannot do anything significant we cannot do anything good apart from Jesus. And we definitely don't have control over our lives. I, I, I'm just being real with you. How many of you feel like you have control over your life? I don't think any of us do, right? We don't. And, and I think we need to learn to be okay with that. And we need to look at the moments when we do doubt and say, why am I doubting right now? What's causing this? What am I causing to be bigger than my trust in Jesus? Why is this such a roadblock for me? then how can I work through it with Jesus? I think that's very important. And, and, and this isn't recorded in the Bible, but I love thinking about the conversations that Jesus had one-on-one with the disciples. And I think of the moments that maybe Peter even was like, you know, I think I, I struggled because I was freaking out because of the wind and the waves. And Jesus is like, yeah. But think about those conversations and have that conversation yourself with Jesus and the next time you doubt. Like, Lord, why am I flipping out? And what can I do to move through that? And this 2023 approach is, again, stuff is going to happen. Don't flip out. Jesus has got you, okay? That's the gist of what I'm saying. So what do we do with all this, right? Going into the new year, there's uncertainty. Jesus is with us. What do we do as we approach a new year? What is the way we start off the year right? The first thing is you need to pray over the year intentionally. And this is, this is, this is something that is so important. I know you hear this. And you're like, I'm thinking I'm going to sit down with my coffee for like five minutes and just talk to God like, man, Lord, just make 2023 great. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? No, you need to literally sit down, meditate, maybe even look up what that looks like to meditate on Scripture, to meditate on the Word of God. Have those deep conversations, those deep, long conversations with God about the year, right? Don't just sit down and, and pray through your goals, right? Like, I, I struggle with that. At the beginning of the year, I don't do a good job sometimes of sitting down with God. Now, I'll be in my truck, and then that changes, right? Because I have like half an hour to do that. Take that time. Block off time. Maybe your drive to work or you're just your morning if you got time. But make time to intentionally talk to God about the year. Don't just breeze through it. Talk to him about the year. Meditate on scripture. Ask him questions. Say, Lord, what do you want for this year? Right? How are the things that maybe that I want not lining up with your will for my life? Not lining up with the things you're already calling me to that I don't see that are in the background. So that's the first thing. Pray over the new year intentionally and deeply. 
I think the second thing, you need to release your goals to God. Release all your goals, your aspirations, your dreams for the year, your resolutions, whatever you want to call them. You need to release all of those to God. There's a 38 special song called Hold On Loosely. And I guess that, that's kind of what I'm thinking of right now. So hold on loosely, but don't let go. So when we talk about the sovereignty of God, when we talk about releasing our plans to God, again, that is not permission to sit back in the lazy boy, sip on lemonade, and wait for him to do everything for us. Right? No. Work towards the things that he's put on your heart. Work towards those things. But man, if they go south, right, roll with it because maybe God's pushing you somewhere else. If God steps in and interrupts, obey that. And don't flip out because he's not lining up with what you want for your life. All right? Hold on loosely. Don't let go. I'm talking to both my Calvinist and Arminian brothers here, right? Trying to talk to both, both audiences, right? Just look at God, right? So, and third thing, third thing. You need to make closeness to God your primary resolution for this year. When you're, I don't know if you're a resolutions person, right? But your number one thing, I would put stars by it, I would underline it, circle it, whatever you got to do. Make it the biggest thing on your list. You need to make closeness to God your primary resolution. Now, when it comes to those statistics I was talking about, right? A lot of people are doing statistics like, I want to build a tree house. Like, you know, or I want to, I want to, you know, lose this amount of weight. Or I want to, you know, do, do these things that, that I think I can control, but I don't know if the rhythms of life are actually going to let me to do it. Guess what? Closeness with God is probably one of the most attainable goals you can make for this year. Why? Because where you are right now whether it's awesome or not, you feel like your relationship with God is skipping through the meadow, right, or whatever, or maybe you're feeling far from God. Any instance you make, any kind of effort you make to be closer to God is going to happen, right? Now, it doesn't mean there won't be seasons. If you're drawing closer to God, that's actually the most attainable goal, the most attainable resolution, whatever word you want to slap on it, that you can reach for this year. So make Closeness to God, your primary resolution for 2023, okay? Nothing else. That, all right? You can do everything else, but that is the most important thing. If you don't have any other goal, do that one, okay? Love you guys enough to tell you all that. Um, that's, really, that's really all I got for you all this morning, but I just, I just want so much for us to look at this new year, and we see new opportunity, new seasons, everything like that. It's so crucial that we get right with God and that we surrender ourselves wholly to him, even when things go south, okay? That's what, that's what it's all about. That's what New Year's all about. Uh, this isn't your typical New Year sermon, so there you go. But we started with James. But I love y'all. I love y'all, and I want y'all to have an awesome year. I'm not talking about prosperity or anything like that, but I want y'all to have an awesome year with God because I want to have an awesome year with God, Okay? So I love y'all. Let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, golly, we look, at, we look at all these things that, that we want to do, right? We, look, we take a look at our lives, and, and as the new year is here, it's so easy for us to be like, man, I want this year to be different than last year. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But Lord, ultimately, it's about you. 
It's about you. It's about knowing what you've done for us on the cross. It's about how you've taken away all of our mess. And then celebrating the fact that we get to walk hand in hand with you every single day. The most, the most amazing goal we could set for our lives is to know the creator of the universe. And yet, it's, it's also one of the, the ones that, that, that is most attainable if we try. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. And God, I just pray that, I pray for every single person in this room, every person live streaming, God, I pray that they would make 2023 about you, right? They would glorify you with their lives. They would glorify you with their aspirations. They would glorify you with how they're loving their families, their friends, their coworkers, everything. And God, we thank you for, for your love in Jesus Christ, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that shows us the things that you want for our lives. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Help us to hold on loosely to our goals and surrender everything that we are to you. It's in your name I pray this thing. Amen.